Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 14th, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 99, the very last paragraph, Let No Alcoholic Say He Cannot Recover. Today's readers are Penny E., Fran, Judy B., and Carol P. And the share code for yesterday's presentation, Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism, 3665. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12 steps. Uh, good morning. This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. <clears throat> the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him, to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Um, let me think, that was thought. Twelve, <laughs> having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and, and to practice this, these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. I will now call on Rebecca to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Rebecca. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Connecticut. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige 
divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker's should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 7, working with others on page 99, the very bottom of the page, last paragraph, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover. And I will ask Penny E. to begin reading. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. And I would like to share. Good morning again. Uh, if, if, if you're just joining us, and I believe this is the 13th day, I, I believe it's the 13th day that we are studying working with others, uh, step 12, uh, which is amazing, and there's still more to learn and whatever. But uh, step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And of course, step 12 assumes that we've had, we've finished these steps and we have had a spiritual awakening. Otherwise, we have nothing to give, nothing, nothing to give. But what's so amazing in this paragraph that we just read is here again, here again, we're reminded um, that his recovery, our recovery, your prospect's recovery, is not dependent upon people. You know, it's dependent upon his relationship with God. I mean, this message almost exactly is repeated over and over. On page 98, um, in the middle, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God, you know. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can, he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God. I mean, he's given us the message. Bill and 100 recovered alcoholics is giving us the message. It all is dependent on God. And anything else is small stuff. 
small stuff. I, and I say all the time, you know, everything is small stuff. Even the day my husband was killed in a motorcycle accident, small stuff. The only thing that's important today is I'm abstinent. I have to be abstinent. But more important than that, my relationship to God, that I am connected to God. With that, I am okay no matter what. So thank you for letting me share, everybody. Have a beautiful, God-filled day. Thanks. Thank you very much, Penny. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, good morning. This is Kathy from Maryland. Kathy, your turn. Okay, thanks. I love this paragraph, and it just drives home the wit and the um, logic of Bill and and us as addicts. Um, What I have a spot tells me that they can only recover if X, Y, and Z is accomplished. I start laughing. I go, is that so? And is that so? If your wife comes home, or your husband, or your spouse, your boyfriend returns, then you recover. It's like, give me a break. Give me a break, folks. Give me a break. We recover when we become desperate. That's when we recovered. That's when everybody else in this line recovered. And when I start throwing issues that this has to happen, that has to happen. It's got to be in a certain spot of the day. My food has got to be perfecto mundo or whatever, but guess what? That is the on-road to relapse. That is the hot express plane out of here right into relapse. And when I hear this, when I hear people going, I go, you know, I just have to say to myself, you're not ready, you're not ready, sorry, you're not ready to recover. Because when you're desperate, you don't give conditions. You don't give conditions. You take this whole program and you swallow it as quickly as you can and you work it as hard as you can. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Anyone else? This is Sarah. Can I share? Of course. Good morning. This is Katie. Sarah and then Katie. Good morning. I just let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. So, you know, I was just writing about this this morning, about how this program is so much about surrender. It's about being willing to let go of what you think you need. And it's funny because I was just reading in my journals last night how I was really in program in 97 and, you know, thinking back to those years that I that I went into these rooms and I remember thinking that I can recover as long as I, as long as I could have one of my particular favorite binge foods or, you know, one of my trigger foods. Um and I could recover as long as I could keep that, and I did not recover, and I went into a very long, long relapse until I came back and was willing to give up everything, was willing to give up um, everything I thought I needed. And and as, you know, as we study this book and as, you know, you know new things are revealed, you know, God will reveal more to you and to us, it says in A Vision for You, I see how many more things that I've been attached to and how many more things I need to be willing to let go of in my recognition of the single most important fact of my life is is that dependency on God is that relationship with him exclusive of all ever, of everything else and you know we don't know it says in some cases the wife will never come back for one reason or another and and we don't know what in the end what's really best god does in order for us to you know men who get well families have not returned at all and other families when you know other cases where he slips and the family comes back too soon it's you know it's it's the removal of self-will it's the removal of the dependency on anything and everything other than god it's a it's a program of surrender a surrender of self, the the willingness to let go and to pick up the spiritual toolkit and a relationship with God which can transform my life. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Katie, please. Hi, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater recovered here in Virginia. And Um, I just want to focus on this one line. Uh, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. Um, I was famous for making these grand announcements that tomorrow was going to be the new day and that I was going to 
you know, start whatever abstinence or diet or whatever. And when God saw it fit for me to get abstinent, I didn't do that. And weeks turned into months that I had not told anybody in my family what I was doing. Um, and that's what the way it needed to be because I needed to be ready to carry the message to those compulsive overeaters. But even when I did, they didn't want it. So I had to be ready to, to start a brand new life. And, you know, this paragraph is talking about people who are married and have a family, you know, that maybe has completely fallen apart. Um, and, you know, I guess my answer to that is that God is so much bigger than all of that that our dependency has to be upon God, and these relationships, um, you know, God can see the bigger picture, and I have to trust that. I have to trust the um, experience of others, which, you know, when I was newly uh, recovering, I trusted the experience of my sponsor, and now I can share my experience with the people that I sponsor that your relationships with your family will survive if you say, I'm not going to Susie's birthday party. Or, no, I'm going to come to the restaurant, you know, a little bit late and you, you know, have already eaten and you don't eat with them. Or you bring your own food because you know it's a restaurant that they don't have what you can have. And what I found was, you know, they really didn't care what I was doing. People really could care less what I'm eating. My recovery can come first in my life and the rest of the world will not fall apart. And I didn't believe that. I thought that the world revolved around me. And I thought if, you know, I didn't do everything exactly the way everybody else wanted me to do it and use that as an excuse for why I kept picking the food back up, then, um, you know, the the world was going to come to an end. And I can tell you, many days later that the world didn't come to an end and people really don't care what I eat. Um, But I have stayed in recovery and people depend on me as being a uh, dependable person. And I'm able to recover and be there for other people. I couldn't do that before because I was so dependent on other people's approval. And this program, you know, has taught me, as this says, that we do not... to be, we do not need, need to be dependent upon people. It is dependent upon our relationship with God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone else? This is Kim. Hey, Kim. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellow. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. It is dependent, which it is recovery. So his recovery is dependent upon his relationship with God. I mean, we're working with the newcomer here. This is pretty counterintuitive. You don't understand. Food and weight is my problem. This depends on me not taking in as many calories as I burn. That's what it's dependent on because if I'm not fat anymore, everything will be okay. You know, so we're coaching this, this prospect to understand that the greater aspect of their disease is the mental twist. And that mental twist is only overcome through working these steps. And why do we work these steps? We work these steps because we're separated from God. And once we're separated from God, we don't need to go to food and to people and to situations anymore. So his recovery is dependent upon his relationship with God. And that's so counterintuitive when you first come in. And I'm reminded back in step four, in page 64, when it says, when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out both mentally and physically. And that was the opposite way that I worked on it. If I can straighten myself out physically, then maybe mentally and spiritually I'll be okay. Or if I can work it out mentally, meaning I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do all those mental gymnastics of of controlling my entire environment, then I'll straighten out physically and mentally. So we're reminded here that our recovery is dependent upon our relationship with God. Because that is why we search outside ourselves. That is why we are putting our dependency on other people and other situations. If only I had more money in the bank. If only my husband would do what I want. If only my children were more successful. If only I had a better job. If only I lived in a better neighborhood. And you know what? If that is what our sanity is dependent on, we're screwed. We're screwed. 
Because we cannot control the outside world. The outside world is not is never going to satisfy us. So where do we look? If that outside world is not going to going to satisfy us, where do we look? We look to that relationship with God. And this is what step two is about, is coming to believe in that power that is greater than ourselves, that can restore us to sanity because we are insane. And this is one of those powerful paragraphs from the we agnostics, which is where do we look for God? Where do we look for God? It says, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, which is why we can't be dependent on other people. It is obscured by those outside people, those outside influences, the calamity, the pomp, the worship of other things. But in some form or other, it is there. For the faith in a power greater than ourselves and the miraculous demonstrations of the power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. So we're letting that prospect know that the focus needs to be on God. We put down that substance so we can get that clarity of mind, and then the rest of the steps is working towards that relationship with God. Because the miracle of this program is when we get to that, when we get to that spiritual awakening, that spiritual experience, it's not that we're not going to have to eat anymore, but then we're no longer going to want to eat. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. This is Leah. I, too, would like to comment on this. It says, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent on people, is dependent upon his relationship with God. I mean, obviously, we're in Chapter 7, working with others, so this is giving the uh, guidance to those who have recovered, how to work with prospects. And, of course, as each of each of us know uh, this development, is it's a process. It's a process. But we're reminding the prospect. We're reminding the prospect as the prospect perhaps complains about a spouse or, uh, you know, expresses demands and wishes on, on his loved ones. We remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It's dependent upon his relationship with God. And certainly those of us that are recovered can offer our own personal experience on that matter. Um, You know, I was constantly in pursuit, chasing what I thought I needed for stability, for emotional stability, for comfort, for refuge. And, of course, for almost two decades of mayhem, I thought that stability and that comfort was going to be the contents of a cellophane bag um, until I was beaten to a state of reasonableness, beaten to a pulp. And, and through this process of these steps, you know, come to realize that that had been my basic flaw. My basic flaw had been this faulty dependence well, on on substances and bakery boxes and, and bags, obviously, but also on people and on circumstances to supply me with a feeling of security, to supply me with a feeling of well-being, to supply me of, with a feeling of happiness. And no one can fill that need for me. You know, no one can do that because to the degree that I demand anything from anyone else or from any specific circumstances or situations, is my emotional sobriety impossible? It is impossible because people are people. I cannot control people. I can't control what comes out of their mouth. I can't control what they do. Yeah, I can't util- I can't depend on that for my stability. You know, and my mind, our minds are like powerful searchlights. You know, my mind highlights and intensifies whatever it looks at, and it prefers to focus on causes rather than on solutions. Well, the program of recovery is all about one solution, and that one solution is God. That one solution is trust, reliance, and dependency on something indestructible and immeasurable that is constant, all loving, all merciful, merciful, all powerful, that can constantly give me the strength, the, the courage, the, the, uh, the wind beneath my wings if I am properly connected. So that's an experience that we convey to a prospect. 
remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent on people. It's not dependent on, it, on, on circumstances and situations being exactly as he wished on that stage of life. It is dependent on his relationship with God. That's why those of us that blazed this trail ahead of us said that the consciousness of the presence of God was the most important fact of their life. The most important fact. It was their bedrock. Because upon that firm foundation, anything in life could unfold. Because they had the strength beneath their feet. So once, once uh, you know, once that idea of dependency on people and dependency on circumstances and situations was, was dethroned in my life, God could then become the director of my life. And that's the message that we who are recovered want to convey to those we work with. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I ask you? Of course, Paula. Thank you so much. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader, by the grace of God. It starts here, both you and the new man. So this is a coming together here. You know, it's not just him that's walking the spiritual progress. It's me trusting God again. Trusting God. So it's the sponsor and the sponsee coming together. Must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress again. That word progress. If you persist, oh, I love this. Honey, it's a continuation. There's another chapter here. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. I wouldn't have planned it. I mean, I was, I, you know, I wouldn't have planned it that way. And, you know, the sponsee or, or is looking at the same thing. Well, this, is, this couldn't be right. God must be making a mistake here. No mistakes there. Follow the dictates. And it uses that word very clearly. To deliver as an order, a direction, the directions of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter, again, what your present circumstances. And you would say, well, that's the biggest thing that matters. No. Strange as it may seem, it's the least. And we see on page 13, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. New. Not known before. It wasn't known before. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. This can't be right. Oh, but it is. For you, this is exactly right, no matter what it seems. I was to sit quietly when in doubt. Oh, yeah. Asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. There it is. And, you know, as it ends again, you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. Oh, cling to that one. But what a gift. But I love this. To you, the sponsor, and to the sponsee that you're working with. A gift for both that can be shared and then given to another. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. We're going to now move to the next paragraph, page 100, the first full paragraph. Please, Fran, thank you. Good morning, Lay. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Fran, compulsive eater. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. And um, I I have a reference to go to page uh, 68. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite finite selves. We are in the world to play the role he assigns. Just to the extent that we do as we think he assigns, just to, I'm sorry, just to the extent that we do as 
we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity and serenity? And that's just awesome to be able to take the burden and lay it upon a higher power, and he'll lead us and, and give us the serenity during times of calamity. It, he's done it for me, and I thank him for it, and I pass. Thank you, Fran. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? This is Sharon. Sharon, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be on the line with you this morning. It says here, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Um, When I was looking at uh, step four, page 53 of the 12 and 12, it says the primary fact that we fail to recognize is our total inability to form a true partnership with another human being. And so when I look at that and then I look here that we have to walk day by day with this new person, with this sponsee as a sponsor, a person who is flawed in my ability to form a true partnership with another human being, uh, that being at the primary, as a primary issue in my recovery is my relationship with other human beings and recognizing that the sponsee coming to me to sponsor them is a flawed human being who also has a difficulty forming a relationship with another human being. So here we are, two people who have primary, our primary problem at the very base of our problem is this inability to form a true relationship. And we learn in the big book that the only way that we're going to get recovered, that we're going to be restored, that we're going to be able to form relationships is to first of all form that bond with our higher power, with a higher power, and to make spiritual progress. So when we are in our relationship with our sponsee, we must stay in the in fellowship, in humility with our higher power. We can never as sponsors, because we're flawed, they're flawed, there's that wall between us that is that that gulf between us and another human being that has kept us going into the food because we can't form those relationships and the only way that we can bridge that is through our higher power through the spirit then we can connect with others we can form relationships with others and we can walk hand in hand with them but we must always do that with our higher power or we'll slip back into ourselves and into isolation and despair. So uh, we just staying in that humility and recognizing in that relationship with our sponsee as sponsors, we can never go in there alone, in, whether it be on the phone, in person to person, Uh, When we're working with them, we recognize that we're subordinate, always subordinate to our higher power. Our higher power is really who is directing with their higher power, directing the show, showing, giving the guidance and bringing us together in that wonderful fellowship, in that wonderful relationship. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Judy B. from Massachusetts. Judy B., please go ahead. Um, This is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Um, I usually like to share when one one sentence comes out at me and and it looks, you know, like, like it's the main idea. But with this paragraph, every single sentence is so important. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. And that is what we do with the people we sponsor. We, we walk day by day going through the spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. And if we persist, if we continue in spite of discouragement, in spite of obstacles, in spite of anything that happens, 
if we persist, remarkable things will happen. And I've seen that over and over and over. It's just such a joy, you know, to watch this progress in people and in myself. It's just, it's just such a beautiful program. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. And I I have to tell you, this is one of the great parts about getting older and older in this program. I mean, now I look back at so many situations that I, I couldn't believe they were happening. And I couldn't believe that there was a plan. And now... As, as I look back and see, God knew exactly what was happening. He had a plan, and it was certainly better than anything I could have planned, even though at the time I certainly wouldn't have said so. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances Follow the dictates of a higher power. Follow the directions. Follow the guiding principles of a higher power. And, and your, new, your new world just becomes so wonderful, you just can hardly believe it. You know, it's just, and it's not that you don't have challenges, and it's not that we don't have, have problems that come up, but just, just trusting God every day and, and connecting with him, uh, each time there's a decision, each time there's, um, each time that I wonder about what what I should do next, I just, if I connect to him, I know, I'm shown, and um, even if things don't seem that great at the moment, this new wonderful world is just beyond beyond belief, and I am so grateful, so grateful for this program. It's just. It's worth every ounce of effort, every ounce of work. Every it's just worth so much, and um, it, there's just nothing beyond it. It's just it's the way to live, and I am so grateful that I am a compulsive overeater and that I found this program. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone Hi, else? Hello. Yes. Uh, and this is Christy. Christy, go ahead, and then I hear uh, a few others. Brittany. Okay, Christy, Brittany, thank you. Go ahead. Her, good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, this, uh, you know, what a beautiful, what a beautiful image that me and my sponsee are walking day by day in the path of spiritual progress. You know, I've, I've been a sponsor before in OA, um, not in recovery, you know, sponsoring from the sidelines, sponsoring from the couch, eating bonbons, and directing sponsees. And, um, you know, what a disservice, you know, what a disservice to not actually be working the program. I, you know, I didn't want what I had, uh, and I couldn't imagine that, you know, my sponsees wanted what I had, but whatever, you know, we'll just try to muddle through, and, um, you know, uh, I, I had no idea, I had no idea how to, how to direct a sponsee, um, because I hadn't followed the directions. I hadn't followed the directions. You know, I'm trying to tell someone how to put together, you know, pieces of a puzzle, and, and I don't have the picture of the puzzle. You know, I have no idea. I have no idea. And, um, you know, through the grace of a power greater than myself, um, and the teaching of the big book, I am in there too with a sponsee. You know, we're, we're just a couple of people trying to get well. You know, we're both just trying to get well. And by applying what the big book says, that's how we get well. You know, that's how we get well. I, you know, I don't have to make this stuff up. I don't have to make this stuff up. You know, I'm, I'm on the path of spiritual progress as well. And what I'm doing is I'm working this program with other people. You know, I'm working this program with you. I am working this program with you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to other people when I don't have the answers, which is 99% of the time. Um, and other than that, the only thing I have, the only thing I have is my own experience. That's all I got. 
you know, that's all I have. Um, and I haven't experienced, you know, everything that other people have in recovery, which is why, you know, I always encourage my sponsees to pick up the phone and talk to other people, you know, see what they did. Talk to someone who's been around for a while, you know, who's lived a few 24 hours at a time and see what they would do. Ask them what they would do in that particular situation. You know, if the, if the you know, majority of the answers obviously are in the big book, but with other situations, you know, pick up the phone and talk to other people and see what they would do. How do we apply these principles in all our affairs? What do we do? How do we do this? How should, you know, what's the best response to whatever question? You know, and for me, I have learned, I have learned that I have no idea what my higher power has in store for me or you. I have no idea. And keeping that in the forefront of my mind, you know, I, I do the footwork, I take the action, and I leave the results of whatever the situation is up to my higher power. But I'm working this. You know, I'm not working it harder than my sponsees, but I am doing this program. I'm working this program every day. I am applying these principles to the best of my ability in my daily walk every every day, every day. And um, it has served me very well. And I just, I mean, this is so beautiful. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. Remarkable things will happen. The least of which is that the obsession, the obsession that I once had that had consumed me and grabbed me by the neck and kept me prisoner for so long, the obsession for food has been removed. It has been removed. You know, you couldn't have told me, even though you did, you know, you told me that that was possible. I, I didn't believe it, but I jumped in. I jumped in. I was desperate. I had reached that jumping off point where I had no choice, you know, but, you know, the gates of insanity, death, or recovery. You know, what, what was I going to do? And I was already clanging on the, you know, gates of insanity, um, it, you know, it's nothing short of a miracle that today I have no desire to eat compulsively. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. What's more of a miracle is that my life has been transformed. My life has been transformed because of what is in this book and because of you all who have helped me daily. And that's what I have to give to sponsees. And I'm just so grateful that I have something to give you know, that's not shallow, you know, meaningless advice. You know, I, I can only give you what I've experienced and I'll give it, I'll give it to you. I will give it all to you because in doing so, um, I recover, I recover. And that is the beauty of this program and I'm so grateful for it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Brittany. Yes, Brittany, Hi. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brittany. I'm a compulsive overeater. Really grateful to be here this morning. And as usual, I'm reading and hearing exactly what I need to hear. Um, walking in hand in hand with my higher power, I think that this is like right on time. Um, and I also just want to share my experience that um, I spoke with a fellow, and and the fellow told me that like it's okay to like walk with God and like get angry sometimes because I didn't know. Like, I thought that, like, for me, walking with God meant that I had to always be okay with how things are occurring. And, like, that's not reality. In reality, I'm a human being. And, you know, like, I'm all about whatever God wants, like, because I know my way doesn't work. But it doesn't mean that I'm comfortable all the time. And, like, I'm just grateful today that in program I'm learning how to be human, you know. And, like, as a fellow suggestion, I wrote a letter to God about how I feel, like, Gee, God, you know, I don't know what you got planned for me, but, like, this sure feels uncomfortable. It feels really uncomfortable to, like, to lose certain things out of my life because I know you're making room for other things, you know, to, like, step out of a comfort zone and just trust it like you're doing something better. And I just want to communicate, God, like, wow, this makes me angry. And, like, that's the gift of program for me today is that I can be honest about how I feel and still show up and do the work. And I can still show up to, like, my fellows. And I can still show up and just be available to what my higher power instructs. And that's so powerful for me. And I was avoiding the experience of writing that letter until the fellow said, like, you know, this could be a great spiritual experience. And indeed it was. You know, like, I'm following God's instructions. And, like, I'm communicating to God how that makes me feel and just communicating that it lifted. 
And now today I'm even more willing and I feel even more surrendered and just so grateful for the program today that, like, I know my life is already better than what it used to be and I know that, like, life is going in a great direction. Like, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I know it's not always, always going to be uh, comfortable or good necessarily, but, like, it's better than, than it was when I was in the food. Like, one good day, one bad day in program is way better than one wonderful day out because my life is changing. And, like, I just feel a lot of gratitude for being here, and I thank everyone for letting me share, and I'm so happy to have shown up to this meeting this morning. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, please. Good morning again, everyone. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. So what if we persist in our disease? What was that getting us? You know, if we're afraid of the spiritual promise, if we're afraid of the spiritual journey, let's look at what what persistence in, in our own thinking got us. You know, I know for me it got me isolated in my childhood bedroom binging on a Saturday night reading romance novels while my friends were out dating and creating families. You know, I know that my persistence in my disease woke me up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go rush through trash cans to try to get the binge foods that I threw out from the night before. I know that the persistence in my disease woke me up to those four horsemen every single morning. The terror, the regret. The persistence in my disease got me obese and having... A doctor threatened to put me on high blood pressure at the age of 23. You know, that's where my persistence was. So it was about getting my own way. Heck with God, I needed to get my own way. If I wasn't looking out for me, who was going to look out for me? You know, and I had to ask myself, how's that working for me? Where's that getting me? You know, so it's all about getting your own way. And I love this saying. It says, you know, that resentment, is getting is about getting your own way in the past. Anger and depression is about getting your own way in the present. And fear is about trying to get your own way in the future. So they're telling us there's another way to go. If we put ourselves in God's hands, if we walk the spiritual path of the 12 steps, we might get different results than what we got when we were persisting in our disease. If we go at recovery with even half the zeal that we went after our our um our food, amazing things will happen. And why is that? Because when we put ourselves in God's hands, we, when we look back, we realize the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. My little plans and designs got me obese at the age of 20, you know, in my 20s. My best plans and designs got me isolated in, in my childhood bedroom. My best designs had me angry, frustrated, and pissed off at the world. So this is what we're teaching the, the newcomer, is if your old thinking got you where you were, let's give up those old prejudices. Let's look at it a spiritual way because the destruction of the disease will take us down and this spiritual path will bring us to that place called recovery. It will bring us to that place where we will be happy, joyous, and free. It will bring us to that place where we will recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Anyone else? This is Helena. May I share? Of course, Helena. Good morning. Um, Sometimes what happens to us, whether we are in the food or in the program, is difficult. And we are not promised ever that these difficult things will not happen to us. Life will happen to us. And I always was planning my own way. But what will happen when I put myself in God's hands, when I do, then these things that happen to me are better than any I could have planned. If we read in the the AA 12 and 12, if we read, especially in step 12, we find that many difficult things can happen to us and probably will. But we have faith in God. We have a way to walk through these things without turning back to food. When I myself had my own plans and they didn't go the way that I wanted them to, which they usually did not, I was stuck. Sometimes I was mortified at myself. Sometimes I was full of 
remorse at the way I had behaved. More often, I was upset with what was going on. All that has been lifted from me. This is a better way. We are not promised that life will treat us with kid gloves. We are promised that when we look back, we will see that the things which came to us were better than any we could have planned. Hang on to that. I hang on to that when difficult things happen. I hang on to that when good things happen. When good things happen, I know now it's not because of me. I know it's because I'm clinging to God. When things that I consider bad happen, I still cling to God. And I have faith and hope, and I can be happy, joyous, and free. Pass. Thank you very much. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress, meaning this is a one day at a time, right here, right now. You know, uh, it's right here, right now. That's it. That's all I got is today. And the quality of our consciousness today will determine my future. So let's get busy today. Um, recovery, you know, is not an overnight sensation. It's not an event. It is a process. It is a process of growth and maturity and development of a relationship with God that's immeasurable, that's indestructible, that is always there uh, for each and every one of us, and it is one day at a time. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, if you endure, if you persevere, if you continue to trudge, remarkable things will happen. You know, that persistence. Um, You know, when I was in active disease and that beast continued to whisper into my ear the option of, uh, you know, picking up uh, bite after bite after bite. I persisted. You know, I trudged through the dark of the night, uh, you know, in pursuit of my binge foods. I wrote bad checks. I, I, you know, uh, went to the bottom of garbage cans. I ate frozen foods, burnt foods. I persisted in feeding this beast. I did whatever I needed to do, went to every length I needed to go. I persisted. I continued. I endured. (laughs) I went out in the middle of the night. I, I, I paid the piper, whatever it took, inclement weather, did not matter. When that, I paid the piper. When that beast spoke, I served him. He was my master. So now I'm using that same zeal, that same vigor, that same persistence, that same endurance for the program of recovery. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. You know, when I work with a prospect and I tell them a little bit about my story, I tell them where I came from. I tell them the way I lived. I tell them the way I felt, the way I acted, the way I used to feel, the way I used to behave. And they look at me as if I'm telling them a story that's been fabricated, some, uh, you know, theatrical, uh, you know, amusement. But I assure them I looked exactly like my story. I behaved exactly like my story. I was exactly like my story. And this transformation that has recurred is the act of this program of recovery and God. That's what I have to offer today. That's what we who are recovered have to offer today. We are living proof that some power greater than human power is working in our lives and has transformed our lives. It says, follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. Dictates. What does dictate mean? Dictate means to command, to direct. You know, anytime I'm alone with my mind, I'm outnumbered. I was unsupervised in disease. My mind consisted of a a rowdy, talkative, unorganized group of personalities with no apparent plan or sense of direction except for me, myself, and I. And, And we traveled together through life, all these personalities, wishes and demands in my mind through life like a crowded tour bus with no driver. The program of recovery taught me, showed me, through the implementation of these steps that in contrast to the surrounding noise in my head, in the deepest part of me, an unsuspected inner resource, the last place I would have thought to look, I've discovered a center of calm, an area of peace, joy, serenity, 
That's God. God resides there. He always have had. I didn't know it. He's always there. So when that ego and intellect were dethroned, were, it could be replaced. The program of recovery could be de- replaced by a different guide, submission to God. Submission to God. So when it says follow the dictates of a higher power, that's what the program of recovery has allowed to happen. Those old attitudes and those old ideas and those old emotions to be cast aside so that I could be governed by a new master. Governed by a new new master. God. And with that, I pass anybody else like to comment on this paragraph. Yes, good morning. This is Lisa from South Jersey. Your turn. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. I just want to shout amen, amen, all the, any kind of exultation that I can think of. I am um, so grateful. I am working this program I haven't completed the steps, but I'm on my way. And I can say right now that you don't have to wait until you've done, you're at step 12 to follow the dictates of your higher power. And you can presently live in a new and wonderful world. The gifts that I am receiving from diligently working these steps, being abstinent in the midst of the way my external life looks. People on the outside looking in might say, oh, her life is a mess. You know, I, have a, I was in a car accident. I'm a medical disability. Um, I lost my home. I'm living with my 80-year-old aunt. You know, I can go on and on and on. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful, and I'm happy, and I'm at peace, and I'm starting to have really loving relationships on a whole other level, I thought I knew how to be loving and what love was. Nothing is the same when you follow God. I'm just so grateful for this book, for you all, and I'm learning so much, so much from all the shares that um, I hear. And what a gift, what a gift this is that we have. And I just know that I have court tomorrow. And I'm not even worried. I'm not even upset because I know that my higher power walks with me through everything, everywhere I go, as long as I'm willing to follow. When I, when I get there, I know that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, that God will give me the strength and the courage to face whatever consequences that I have to face, and I'm at peace with that. I could never be that without God and without this program. When I was in the food, I was completely a slave to any emotion that came up, and I would just eat and eat and eat and eat into oblivion. I don't have to do that today. I don't have to do that today, and I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. And we're out of time now. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Judy B., will you please read a vision for you? Yes. Good morning. This is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.